Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 503. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, coming to you from the cab of my F-350. Yes, that's right. I'm back in the truck, and it's working. It's working all right. So I'm happy with it. We're, it's, it's dark, though, no, now, or before. I, the sun used to was going down in my eyes, really bright. I had to wear sunglasses, put down the visor. Now, now it's dark. So winter's coming. We know that. When winter's coming, and we're into fall, autumn, that's because we're where we are right now. We're now into autumn. Uh, what does that mean? Playoffs are coming. Yes, CFL's almost over again. What are we doing? We're dealing with, what, week uh, 15, 16, something like that. There's only 21 weeks. We're about five weeks, six weeks left of, of, hot, of football. And then we got playoffs, another three, four weeks of that. And then it's over again, and we get to talk about nothing for a while. But that's kind of, let's not go there because there's a lot of exciting football to come up right now, and we're doing all right with it. And uh, things are getting kind of exciting. Some teams are doing really well. Some teams are not. Uh, No real surprises to me anyhow. I'm a little disappointed with Calgary this year. I thought Calgary was going to be the best team in the West and they're not. They're they're at this point in time. It's it's really difficult to say that they're anything better than third place in the West right now. Uh, dis- disappointing for me. I I really said that they would they would possibly win it all this year. Uh, Winnipeg is looking really strong. BC is a surprise. Saskatchewan is the only thing surprising about Saskatchewan is that Edmonton is lower than they are. Because I really think Saskatchewan was going to be in the basement. That seems to be going to happen. I think Edmonton is going to pull it off and end up with the crossover. I'm still hoping that. That would be so good. I'd just love to see that happen. And uh, nothing is really exciting or uh, surprising me. In the Eastern Division, everybody sucks. Uh, within a point, and, you know, last week Rudy uh, kind of said, well, you know, they don't really suck. And I go, you yeah, know, they really do. Uh, there, there's the only reason why their records are as good as they are is because they're playing uh, Eastern teams or pathetic Western teams like the Riders and the Elks. Uh, they're really not beating up anybody in there. Winnipeg has lost two games to Eastern teams. That's a little surprising. I don't understand how that happens. I mean, Hamilton beat them. Um, Montreal beat them. What the fuck, Winnipeg? You're not that good a team, obviously. You think you can go to the Grey Cup? Eastern team might win this this year. Jesus, I don't know what's going on. But uh, we're going to see what happens. And uh, let's open up the mics now, talk to the guys. I I really don't want to rant too long. And uh, I got nothing to rant about. We're just talking football. And we'll be doing that for the next two hours. So uh, welcome to the show, Rody. How are you? Good. Yeah, I don't know. Quite the quite the the football, okay. Um, I don't think plan that I thought it would be, but uh, yeah, that's why. Is it, is it me or does Rudy's mic sound terrible? Like I can barely hear him. I don't know. Rudy's mic sounds terrible. I'm getting an echo too. 
That's usually it, well, that but that's it's Nick. Um, anyhow, uh, let's uh, before we get going. Hey, Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? Good evening. I'm doing well. How is everyone else doing? I'm uh, pretty spectacular for me. I mean, uh, it's a it yep. it's interesting and boring day today. So, yeah, well, we're still getting summer-like weather down here, so I can't complain. We're, oh yeah, I mean it, it's it's lots of September where it could be pouring rain. It's not here. Yeah, it's it's oh, minus two in okay. here in the morning when I get up, and then it usually gets up to about twenty twenty five during the day. So it's it's quite nice. Big temperature swings, but everything's wonderful. William, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good. It's cold in Calgary. It's gonna I'm get sorry to colder. Hear that. The le- the leaves are falling off the trees. Yeah. Um, I Is am rather excited here, that know? there's hey. a. I am rather excited that there's a very good possibility we will not have a playoff game here. <laughs> yeah, that's see, at least kind I'm of exciting. Right? I'm getting too old to sit in the cold. It's that simple. I'd rather watch it in my basement. <laughs> but, you know, that being said, Very a simple. playoff game in Calgary would be, uh, what, a uh, 1 o'clock start or something? No, usually it's about three or four, isn't it? Because it would be it would go second after well, the Eastern maybe, game, right? Yeah, but maybe they one. usually start at ten o'clock. Ten o'clock on the west wow. coast, so that would you be know, one o'clock on the west coast. So two o'clock, two o'clock, it would start at your place. Maybe one yeah. or two o'clock. Well, the place two. Okay. Two, two o'clock. Whatever. So you'd be in the sunshine at least. For most of the yeah, game. but that's in, yeah. that's in the October-November area where it doesn't warm up hardly at all, even during the day. Yeah, so, but if you're yeah, in the sunshine, it makes Calgary. a difference. What's the temperature in Calgary right now? I don't know. Um, actually, I do know it's 12. Okay, it's 12 so and clear. It's 5 degrees here. It's not bad. Like two. Five degrees here feels like two with a frost advisory. Yeah. We're we're 14 here, 14 degrees here, so that's not bad. Here? Well, since everyone's giving the weather, I'll give our weather. It's, um, what is our weather right now? I can't even, uh, maybe I'm trying to find it. I think we're about, well, we're at 18 degrees here. See, yeah, the southwest. Nice it's very nice okay, here today. So- yeah, let's let's talk some football. Is that good? Does that work for you? Sure. Okay. The weather sure. report's over. Uh, okay. So this is week 15. Uh, we've just gone through that, and uh, we had the uh, Edmonton Eskimos come over to Saskatchewan to play the Rough Riders. Now this is after that pummeling that Winnipeg put on the the Riders, and the big excuse was that everybody was sick and the stomach flu and this that and everything else. Now, who here did not say sometime during the year that Edmonton was the worst team in the CFL? I think we all did, right? I think, yeah, pretty much, and not that long ago either. Yeah. No, but did I not say that Chris Jones would have this team turned around by about Labor Day? You You had to give him some time. He had to find the right players, and he would turn the corner at Labor Day and start to – the Elks would improve for the rest of the season, okay? So Mm -hmm. the the Elks Elks went into Regina 
to a healthy Saskatchewan Rough Rider team who were all better from their food poisoning. Allegedly. Allegedly food poisoning. And they got beat by the Elks. Like, seriously. Who gets beat by the Elks? Well, I guess Saskatchewan did. And that's kind of cool. I like that. So it was a pretty good game. It was tight. It was close. It went down to the wire. And, uh... You know, how many games this year have we seen that were decided by less than a, a touchdown? Most of them. Very rare do we get one that's, that's a blowout or, or definitely a spread. I mean, Rudy, you're a betting guy. How often do you uh, you uh, cover the spreads? I mean, it's not often, is it? <laughs> no, not as of late. No. Oh. Okay. So what do you think of this game? Well, quite frankly, I was surprised. I thought Saskatchewan would come out uh, and play a little bit better football after losing two straight. But, uh, yeah. I, quite frankly, I didn't, I didn't think much the whole weekend. I was surprised at how it went. Uh, I mean, even Hamilton got a win, so. But uh, I think Saskatchewan, I think they're in trouble. I think they should have got rid of uh, Duke Williams as well. And uh, that's got to give me enough money with Marino and him gone to go get a decent uh, American offensive lineman from an NFL cut. But, uh, yeah, they're done. I don't think well, Saskatchewan's going to Well, I think it's too late in the year to be doing that. I really do. Well, I think he could be right, but uh, I think their season pretty much done. Hey, hang on a second here. I want to correct something that you said, and I think it is Saskatchewan got beat there, and Saskatchewan got beat. No, they didn't. So, yeah, this is three in a row. You're right. Sorry. I thought it was four in a row. Nope. No, it's it's probably time to start uh, looking at some roster changes and looking looking towards building for next year. They host they're hosting a Grey Cup this year, and uh, they didn't do what it takes to build a roster. But how many teams do that, honestly? How many teams host the Grey Cup? And go off and build a special team to so that they could at least take a shot at being in in their Grey Cup that they're hosting. I mean, nobody does. Everybody should do the best that they can every year, regardless of whether or not you're hosting the Grey Cup. You know, and and there's so many Ryder fans right now that are mad at Jeremy O'Day for not spending over the cap to to build a team for the Grey Cup. I mean, that's just a typical. Um, Rider mentality, let's cheat. It doesn't work for me. Well, DJ, do you think they're even spending to the cap? Yeah, I do. I mean, they gave a boatload of money to Duke Williams. They gave too much money to Cody Fajardo. Um, Yeah, they're just, they're spending money. A quarter of a uh, They're going to be very close to it. I mean, they but, didn't build a team. They got a bunch of players. 
Is that really how much they spent on Duke William? A quarter of a million? Some stupid, yes. yeah. Charles, yes, he's uh God. No one's uh getting paid more than him for receivers other than uh Waller. Yeah. Duke Williams is the second highest paid receiver in the league. And I'll tell you, I'd take Brian Burnham and Lucky Whitehead any day. Fuck, I'd take Javon Coutoy more than him. In a heartbeat. But, CJ, that's what I mean. So, the contract's prorated, right? So, couldn't you get rid of Duke Williams now that they got their decent receivers back? And then you already got no. rid of Marino. And then use that money to bring in a offensive lineman to try shoring uh, that up because you saw how bad that was. No, like, you cannot what, do that Cody because Pajorda. we are now past Labor Day. We're now past Labor Day. Duke Williams is a veteran. That means that his contract is now guaranteed for the rest of his. Yeah, at this point, yeah, you're right. So even if they so cut him, they still got to pay him in. out. Well, that's terrible because, yeah, Fajardo, I think he got sacked eight times. They're done. He did, yeah. Well, and BC sacked him seven times and we lost. So, I mean, he's he's in the turf hard lately, a lot. And I don't even know how many times Winnipeg got him. They got him quite a bit, too. Yeah, they're O-line. They're done. Charles, what do you got to say about this Saskatchewan Rider, Saskatchewan Elks game? Now, don't forget about the Elks, okay? We got to talk about them a little bit here. Um, Taylor Cornelius, he didn't play a bad game of football, did he? No, he did not. And he was very impressive more in more my like, opinion. He's looking more and more like a player uh, every week. He's improving, and he's uh, playing very well. And they kind of shell-shocked Saskatchewan in this one. They... Uh, Edmonton got the lead pretty much from the beginning, and just Saskatchewan just couldn't get back into it. Uh, by halftime, they were already uh, they were already down. Uh, well, they were down by one at halftime, but they were being badly outplayed, and they just had nothing in the second half. And it was just uh, Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton just shut them down, and they outscored them fourteen to three in the second half, and that was real, or second quarter. And that was really the difference. I'm sorry, Cody Fajardo is not uh, going to take you anywhere. Uh, if you think he is, you're you're deluding yourself. I'll take Taylor Cornelius at this point over Cody Fajardo. I mean, he looked a lot better last week as far as I'm concerned. And the Elks just looked better last week. Saskatchewan just didn't look terrible in this one. And they just were, were uh, lethargic and they, they looked like crap. They're... <laughs> There's uh, no real uh, way to sugarcoat it, and uh, their coach really didn't try to do that either. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah, this is just uh, uh, kind of an embarrassing performance for Saskatchewan. It really was. And they're going quickly in the wrong direction. Right. But we have to get – we cannot forget about Edmonton. They are coming together. They are going in the right direction. They are looking like a team that – that has some commitment, they're looking like somebody who, who wants to go someplace. And, you know, we wouldn't have said that four weeks ago. No, we wouldn't have. You're right. They, they look like a disaster a few weeks ago, but they're, they're getting better. And these two teams are really going in opposite directions right now. 
They're kind and of a poor opposite to one another. Saskatchewan's got six victories on the te- season, and Edmonton has 14. There's four remaining games or three remaining games for Edmonton. They have to win out, and uh, they that they, they yeah. have to win out, and they'll jump the crossover. But I don't know. I don't know if they, if they even have the season series shot. with. You think Saskatchewan's yeah, still going to cross over? Probably. I, I think, think that they. they yeah, I think they dug themselves too big of a hole. If there are three or four yeah. more weeks longer, if they had done this like two or three weeks ago, I might be, uh, feel different. I just think they don't because I still think the law of averages, Saskatchewan might win a game or two still, and I just don't see um, I don't see Edmonton winning out and, uh, and Saskatchewan winning nothing. I just can't see that happening, which is pretty much what has to happen. And I just don't so think that that's going to be. So Saskatchewan owns the season series, okay? Right. So that's a problem. So they got to be even two points two. better. Yeah. And I'd like to plead so, my ignorance to Taylor Cornelius, <laughs> but like, they, they're they're not going to beat Winnipeg. They're not going to. They're not going to Fucking Hamilton beat Winnipeg. Hamilton. I'm the guy who's got to talk to you about your idiotic thoughts on Taylor Cornelius when it's my turn. So I'm just being quiet back here, okay? Okay, no, it's Will's turn. It's Will's turn. Go ahead. Taylor Cornelius actually looked pretty fucking good. He did. It's amazing what happens when you give a, when you give a guy a contract. And and also he decided to run. Okay, he looks really awkward running, but like he gets like forty yards a run. And they, they keep on amazing. talking about it, his long legs. Okay, and yeah. uh, you know what, Saskatchewan. Okay, the big problem with Saskatchewan isn't their offensive line, and their offensive line does suck. But Cody Fajardo thinks run first thing. He doesn't think about passing the ball because he thinks he's a superstar and he can run the ball. And guess what? It's not working, guys. And if I was uh, if I was Saskatchewan, I'd start looking for a new quarterback right now. Because well, uh, sure he's are, not going to be the guy next there? year. Uh, there's nobody there. No. Is there? Oh, no, there's nobody there. And I, I'm looking I'm looking at the standings, and, you know, if Edmonton goes on a run and, and Saskatchewan totally blows it, okay, understand they do play Calgary twice at the end of the year, right? Saskatchewan so, does. Who does? Saskatchewan? Okay. Yes, Saskatchewan does. Mm. Saskatchewan does. So, um, and if, and if, Edmonton runs the board, I would be very scared. Yeah, they have four they games the left, so they could end up with eight. They could end up with eight yeah. victories. And, and I don't think they're going to run the board. And that, The only reason why I'm saying that is because they do have one game against uh, BC. But they play, I think, Toronto twice and, and uh, Montreal once. So they got three games against the East. They've got Winnipeg. Yeah, they got Winnipeg. I'm sorry. Sorry? Yeah, but 
you know what? You also say they play, did you say they play BC? They yeah. play BC, yeah. Okay, when? Do you know? Uh, week 18, I think. Okay, how important uh, is that game going to be for BC? That's the other thing you got to look it's at. Gonna be, it's going to be very important. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, sorry, what did you say? <laughs> We're chasing Winnipeg. It's going to be an important game. Yeah, no, it's not going to be an important game because to chase Winnipeg, good luck with that. Um, yeah, BC's not catching uh, Winnipeg. <laughs> I'm a lion fan. We're one I, game I, behind I, them. I yeah, yeah we're but one if BC's already – if, I mean, Winnipeg – or sorry, BC and Calgary are one game away from clinching a playoff spot, are they not? And yeah. once that yeah. happens, everything goes out the fucking window. Okay, because if you can't move up, you you can say they're going to be motivated. But I mean, if these or sorry, if Edmonton is trying to get into the playoffs, they're going to be way way more motivated. Okay, just saying. I, just saying. I'm not arguing with so, that. But if you if you look at BC's schedule for the rest of the season, okay, the tough game is yeah. Calgary this week coming up. Okay, and it's not going to be a cakewalk. Then we got to play Ottawa. We play Toronto, and then we play back-to-back with, or sorry, we play Winnipeg, Edmonton, and then Winnipeg again. So those two games against Winnipeg are going to decide top spot. So, yes, BC is going to be properly motivated until the very end of the season. I uh, just see that we're actually three games behind Winnipeg, not one. Yes. Okay, sorry. There, we're one well, loss ahead of you them. Guys, you guys, you guys have a, game, a couple games in hand. True. Yes. Yeah. But Winnipeg would have to Winnipeg. lose. Winnipeg would have to lose a, a game to you guys and someone else for things to get interesting. Or both against BC. Yeah, if you got if Sorry, you want. Yeah. <laughs> I know okay. Will you find that funny, but I'm just saying. Well, you know what? I I think Winnipeg had their sleeper game last week. <laughs> and I don't think they're going to That might have been their wake. That might have been their wake up call. Yeah. Could've, yeah, and it might not. I mean, how many times do you say, Will, that this team is not properly most teams are not motivated at the end of the season? Is Winnipeg going to play hard right. till the end? Okay, once again, once again, okay, so, and I mean, you guys all poo-pooed me all those years when Calgary was 14-2, and two and, and I used to tell you, they're not motivated. Oh, yes, they are. They're not that good of a no. team. That's why they lost. Like, give me a break. It, it's hard to stay motivated when you beat everybody. And I mean, if if Winnipeg if Winnipeg loses to Saskatchewan, Charles, and if they lose, mute your mic, Charles. And if they lose to Edmonton, <laughs> and if they lose BC? to BC, and that's it for them, isn't it? Oh, and then they play BC again. Okay, so BC yeah. has to stay close, but you know, anything can happen. It's 
anything sure. can happen. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen but at this point. Once again, in fact, the, the way again, the schedule well, is, Calgary could end uh, up in second place. BC in first, Winnipeg in third. It can happen. No, it can't. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Winnipeg no, it can't. It can't happen. Calgary's oh, yeah. more or less done now. Winnipeg no. has not secured a home playoff game yet. They've, they've, they're guaranteed into the playoffs, I believe. Yeah, but Winnipeg. That's correct. No, no, Winnipeg. Winnipeg just hasn't been guaranteed first yet. They got a home playoff. Yeah, game. Winnipeg's guaranteed a home I, playoff no, game. No, I do not believe sure. they've got a home playoff game yet. Yes, they do. Yeah, they three-owed Calgary. No, no, they don't. Yeah, they do. Right now, well, let's look at this right now. Calgary's eight and five. That's thirteen games. It means they have five games left. So they can get a maximum of 10 points, which means uh, they can finish 26 points. Winnipeg currently is 24 points. So technically they have not clinched a second place. Uh, They're going to. They're not going to lose out. No one thinks they're going to lose out. Uh, But officially they have not clinched a home playoff game. But there's no chance that Winnipeg finishes third. They're they're in the playoffs. Yes. I yeah. it was a scenario, Charles. It is I, I never said it was probable or possible it's but it's possible. Mathematically, yes it is. Yes. Now that was the only point I was trying to make. Now here's a question. Is Nathan Rourke hundred and fifty percent done? Or could he come back in no. the playoffs? He is coming back It's this possible. Year. You think he's they said last week he's actually ahead of schedule. Walking around in a boot, and he's going to be available to play possibly in six weeks. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the understanding. I don't know whether or not he is, and who cares if Vernon Adams can play football above average? BC still has a chance. Okay, so let's just finish this off. Will, you'd have anything else on this game you wanted to talk to Rudy about the Taylor Cornelius, or you're okay with what you did? No, 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 I don't. It's just, you know what, Saskatchewan is terrible. Edmonton's coming on. That's all we need to know, and we've been saying that all year. We've been saying Saskatchewan's been terrible, and we've also been saying, don't worry about Edmonton. They'll eventually be okay, because they have, although I don't like Chris Jones, he is a good coach. There's no doubt about it. And he will fucking go through. That, yeah. He will go through two thousand players in a season until he gets the right combination. It's that simple. And he, I, yeah, and he's pretty much getting there. So I, I'm okay with that. He and, is. He is. I mean, did yeah. you guys? The thing we didn't talk about. Did you guys see that running back that played for Edmonton last week? He was. Uh, he was pretty interesting. He was fast. There's no doubt about it. He was so. Yeah, so, you, know. you know the one thing I liked about Taylor Cornelius's run, it, it it looked it almost looked like Saskatchewan didn't try to catch him because they didn't think he was going to run, it, it, and he just like right. kind of like waltzed right through the middle in slow motion, in this gawky gait, and he just I, I think ran he, in. I think I think he's faster than he looks. Okay, yeah, and those long legs make him. Make him faster. They he kind of reminded me of Bambi learning how to walk. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Rudy really, calling of. him a giraffe, right? But 
You know what? I know. He is. He played a good game of football, a lot better than I thought he could. He did so. Okay, so this this game ended up Edmonton Elks 26, Saskatchewan Rough Riders 24. That's a total of 50 points. Uh, Charles, you pick Saskatchewan. You got uh, 48 points there. Uh, Will, you picked Edmonton. You got 138. Uh, CJ took Saskatchewan. I did so shitty this week, but I'm okay with it because every game I picked, the good team won. Okay, so Saskatchewan, uh, CJ came out with 26 points. And Rudy, you picked Saskatchewan, and you ended up with 40. So it was an off game for everybody. Will's the only one that took Edmonton. I should have taken Edmonton because I, I just don't like Saskatchewan. But every time I take Saskatchewan, they lose. So I'm, I'm picking Saskatchewan for a while. Anyhow, uh, the next game up was a, uh, a little exciting. Um, Winnipeg Blue Bombers came into Hamilton, came into the Timbox to play the Ticats, and the Ticats kind of played them. I love this game. It was huge scoring. It was wide open. There was a lot of shit happening. I, what happened to the defense for Winnipeg? They, like, go on vacation? I, it, was, it was a wild, wild, wild game. It was a shootout from the Wild West. That's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah. Charles, what do you got? Well... The Bombers' defense uncharacteristically made Dane Evans look like a superstar. I mean, they could not stop Hamilton. Every time Hamilton would get the ball, uh, it was just they were just getting the ball into the end zone over and over again. Dane Evans had five touchdown passes. This was a guy that struggled to complete five passes, period, before he got hurt. <laughs> he had five touchdown passes, 327 yards. I mean, they the 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 Hamilton. This looked like the Hamilton team that got to the Grey Cup last year. Really, for the first time this year. Um, yeah. So um, it was just the Bombers' defense. Just uh, that's the worst game I've seen the Bombers' defense play probably since 2019, honestly, or maybe even longer. They just would just they couldn't stop them through the air. They couldn't stop them along the ground. They couldn't stop them. Period. Uh, and the Bombers just weren't, uh, I don't know, just, I'm not used to seeing the Bombers down by 20 points at the half. Uh, that's something that, and they were just all over Zach Caleros. They, uh, it was a really uncharacteristic game for the Bombers. And I don't know, is this gonna, is this gonna start up kind of a, a re, uh, recharge for Hamilton? We'll have to wait and see, uh, how they play next. But, uh, hey, it was, uh, Finally, uh, something good for the Hamilton fans to cheer about because it's been a long season up until now. So a very surprising result in this one. Yeah. Winnipeg did put up 31 points. So, you know, it wasn't, they did. A, a, complete, it wasn't a complete mm-hmm. slack off, right? It's just their no. defensive collapse. Mm-hmm. Rudy, talk about your it's, team here. What happened to them? Yeah, no, it was interesting. Uh pretty neat to see uh, them lose because it's uh, been quite a while since that's happened. But, uh, yeah, no, it was uh, a defensive, uh, <laughs> defense was terrible, like awful. But, uh, you know what, the offense put up some points. Uh, 
defense checked out, took a week off, and uh, I'm sure they'll iron out some kinks. Uh, they had two players back that haven't played since the Great Cup last year, and uh, hey, man, it's professional sports. Anyone can win on any given night. Yeah. Well, they finally got a bye week now. Yeah, they still have. They have this weekend and then one more bye week. And then another one. That. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I have a question for you here. In in how pathetic the Eastern Division is, how do you account for the fact that Winnipeg's two defeats were against Eastern teams? That's really weird. Uh, I don't know. Under maybe the Bombers just uh, underestimating these teams because they are from the East. Well, they played good football when they played BC. They played good football when they played Calgary. But they played shit when they played Montreal and Hamilton. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they got a little bit ahead of themselves. A little arrogant? Well, well, possibly. Well, I don't know if that's the case. Hard uh, not to be when you're 12-1. I don't know about arrogant. Yeah, um, just like their fans. You know what? I, I, was, they, they don't, I was entertaining wow, people. I was entertaining people, so I, I really didn't get to watch it that closely, and I haven't had a chance to watch it totally. I was watching it kind of, you know, but... Um, you know, I, I, I did want to talk about a guy who was talking last Saturday afternoon about the best free safety in football. And, and uh, Oh yeah, and I remember that. Yeah. Offensive lineman. Okay. Best safety in the league right there and arguably the best one, two center in the league. Wow. Well, Nobody on that team looked very fucking one-two. That's for sure. That's at why he did a as, great as job of watching old, the ball go by. As you get older, as you get older, you 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 learn not to to spout these things, okay? Because um, uh, I, I, I when I was when I was in Winnipeg two weeks ago, I went to the football game with my nephew, and he's thirty now, and I remember. Oh, he must have been 18, 19, 20, something like that. I remember him saying the Bombers signed this really great quarterback and they were going to go all the way to the Great Cup. His name was Key Martin. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that guy, but he never amounted to anything in the CFL. There's a name from the past. I think I remember that name. Yeah, yeah. It's just lack of experience when guys spout, you know, and spout. And. And with Sparky, he also spells, but he's just stupid um, when it comes to football. So, um, but hey, whatever. Um, you know what? The Bombers lost. They're bound to lose at least two or three games this year for sure. Um, There's still, I still think they're the best team in the league for sure. Um, and you know, Zach Kolaris, it's bound to happen a little bit because he's done so well since he's been in Winnipeg. So. But yeah, don't worry. The bombers aren't done, but they're not invincible either. So, no, we'll they're not. They happens. can be beaten. So we'll here's the funny happens. thing: four of us took Winnipeg to win this game. Four of us, of course, we did. Failed. Well, to get who any wouldn't have? There. 
Okay, so the final score was Winnipeg 31, Hamilton 48. 48. Total points was 79. Okay, you're right, Charles. Who would have picked Hamilton to beat the Bombers? Nobody. I don't even think Ty Cat fans thought that they could beat the Bombers. Okay? They, they're happy they did, but I don't think they were expecting but it. But CGA did pick a big score. I did pick a big score. I thought they would score 60 points. And uh, I was, was the only one that got any points, and I was off by 19. So I, I, I got four points for that game, and I'm the only one that got any points. So I don't know whether that's a victory or not, but uh, it, yeah, it was a, it was not a good week for anybody here. This was a low-scoring week, especially there was only three games. Okay, so the final game of the week, which was pretty exciting in my opinion, I loved it. It went well, really well. well uh, again, a, to- a really close game. DJ, you want to say something, Rudy? Is Dane Evans back? Well, let let's let's see him play another game. Just because we're see not going to anoint one Taylor Cornelius, yeah, just just the same way we're not going to anoint Taylor Cornelius an all star. Okay, we want to see more more of the same from both of them. Absolutely, and and, and no different than uh, Vernon Adams. He played a good game of football, but I want to see him repeat that several times, probably four or five more times this year. Let's see what happens there. So uh, the third game of the week was the BC Lions into Calgary, uh, McMahon Stadium to play the Stampeders, and uh, it was a back-and-forth game. It was a tough-fought game, and it came down to what happened? A fucking kicker. A fucking kicker screwed this game over. I, I could not believe when that happened. I, I knew Will was jumping up and down and swearing at the kickers and he, and he at the game, and I thought this was priceless. The game went into overtime and where kickers are eliminated, and uh, BC came out victorious. Uh, there, was, there was some definitely some uh, – I'm not going to call them questionable calls, but there were some penalties that happened late in this game that were very meaningful. And they they went both ways, although Calgary is saying that there was a lot more phantom calls against them. I I don't think we should argue about the refs interfering with games, but this was an interesting game. It was exciting. I loved it. I watched it. Uh, I'm going to let We'll go first here because he's Calgary guy and he's not happy. Go ahead, buddy. No, I, I, I'm neutral guy. I'm not Calgary guy. But anyways, um, oh, okay. I don't, okay, I don't ever talk. I don't, I don't ever talk about the referees because, as Dana White says, don't leave it up to the judges. Okay. Yes. If, yeah. if you just you got to overcome those calls. Okay. I mean. Referees don't score touchdowns. Referees don't throw touchdown passes. Referees don't tackle anybody. So get over it and get on. Okay. So I'll never use the referees as an excuse. Okay. Um, I I, I mean, don't that. give them that. Don't 
don't give them the idea that you're holding and, and, and you're holding. Don't hold. It's that simple. I mean, fuck. Anyways, um, yeah, it was a back and forth game. And I, I hate that the Stamps, uh, you know, last couple of plays of the game, they depended on trying to kick a, what, a 55, 49-yard field goal by Rennie Perry. 48, I think. Which he usually, 48. Which he usually does which he usually does, but I think he's getting kind of old, and I think the leg strength is not as good as it used to be, and I don't think he's as reliable on those long ones. Um, and then overtime, I mean, overtime was exciting. They both scored, I mean, BC scored a touchdown and a two-point convert, and Calgary scored a fucking touchdown and didn't score in the two-point convert. Um, I've said it all year, Calgary does not have what they used to have, which is killer instinct. When games are close, I could always depend on them winning. And they just they don't they just don't have that this year. And Sparky has mentioned the numerous um Sparky's mentioned numerous times that their defensive backfield is kind of shitty and I can't disagree with them. Um they just don't they don't have a killer instinct there's there's lots of there's lots of stuff going on inside the locker room i do believe um but you know and, and i i you know what let's use the craig dickinson line dickerson line they're just not good enough and they're not and i think i think if they're going to go anywhere they have to make some changes i don't know where they got to make changes um, is DJ thinking I'm going to say they have to put Bo Levi in? No, not at all. Um, no, I'm not going to say that. I, 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 think, I think Jake Mayer has been fairly impressive, but he's very vanilla. Okay? Yes. And it kinda, he's not a superstar. I, 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 you know I like guys who flap their lips constantly, right? And yeah. Bo Levi was that guy, and and so he's not he's not maybe he'll get there maybe he'll get you know I don't know a big head eventually but he has played well but bottom line I think he's only five hundred so no know, he's not he's one I mean, in three oh is he one in three no maybe two and three because no, he beat Edmonton no, no. twice. No, no, he beat Edmonton back to back. Yes, correct. He beat Edmonton back to back. But I don't think was that his first game, or was Edmonton his first game? I don't think so. No, I can't. He I can't played remember that. Now. But he came in yeah, again. and I can't man. remember. Oh, right, he played. He lost against Winnipeg, Charles. That's right. Yeah, he lost against Winnipeg. So, so, so he is. Uh, He's two, two and two. Okay, two you're right. Yeah, so five hundred. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, and if you talk about last, and if you talk about last year, he's uh, actually two and five. Okay, because he played three games last year, didn't win any, or third, sorry, he won one. <laughs> so, and you know what? Give the guy the benefit of the doubt. He's only a second year player. Maybe he's going to get better. And obviously, he's better than anybody else on their team, or they'd be playing someone else. So, and like I said, their defense hasn't done them any good 
distance. But you know what? It was an entertaining game. And no, CJ, I didn't lose it on the kickers because I I had to keep somewhat of a a calm demeanor because I was with, like, 12 customers, and they don't know that side of me, so I, I kept it inside. That is that <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. And that was really fucking hard to do. That was really fucking hard to do, okay? On my... I, on my way home in my car, I got back at it, okay? I think I screamed at the radio for at least 20 minutes. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Although my, my biggest problem, my biggest problem is okay. it's so fucking long since we lost to BC, okay? I mean, BC for the last 10 years, it was a gimme in Calgary, so. It beat you a month ago. The BC won a month before, and they also won in Calgary last season. Yeah, Will. Correct. But before that, I think they lost like seven straight. Before that, it had been a while. Yeah. So, Will, what do you think okay. that field goal is? You what cut out there. I don't think he heard what you said. Rudy. Rudy, Rudy we didn't hear you. There it is. Uh, like, what do you think his field goal range is? You said he can't kick it as far anymore. 40 and in. Yeah. 40 and in. Yep. Maybe forty-five. So, who knows? Okay. I think so, I well, think he I, had I food poisoning to... or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on well, top I want of that, I want you to answer. Okay. Why? Why do the Calgary Stampeders not have a killer instinct right now? Where did that go? And whose fault is it? <laughs> Mm. Good question. Is is this not coaching? I don't know. Um, no, I don't think so. I think it's players. It's a combination mm. of players, and it is coaching. I, I I think I think, uh, and I said this two years ago or a year ago, getting rid of. Uh, Letting what's his name go to Toronto and be a assistant defensive coach, the re, the 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 defensive back coach. I can't remember his fucking name. He used to be a player. Um, they also traded Roy Menchi last year, which is a good player. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just not the same Calgary team, and I just don't think. Uh, you know what? And, and I wasn't kidding the other day when I said that Dave Dickinson, after every game, he says they weren't very good and they got to get better. And I, I don't know. I just don't think, you know, everybody talks about the chemistry in locker rooms, and I don't think the chemistry in the locker room in Winnipeg is very good. Or Calgary. In Winnipeg or Calgary? No. In Calgary. In Calgary. I don't think it's very good right now. So... Another interesting fact someone pointed out to me, you know, you can talk all you want about 
you know, how well Calgary has been ran all these years and how cheap Huff is and yada, 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 yada. But you know what? And I, and I know I talk about Canadians not very politely sometimes, but I was looking the other day. Someone pointed out to me, how long do new Canadian receivers last in Calgary? If you think about it, not very long. No, because they refuse to pay them. Okay, so it's a pretty interesting concept. Colton Colton Hunchuck has been a healthy scratch for two weeks now, Mm -hmm. and uh, apparently about three or four weeks ago, he overheard someone overheard a conversation. There's there's certain coaches in Calgary that don't want to play Canadian receivers very much, so it's but quite an interesting. Got, I think there's Philpot. Yeah, but you have to play your number one draft pick, okay, mm-hmm. for at least a year or two, and whatever length his contract is, I guarantee you he'll be in BC in three weeks or three years if his contract is that long. Might even only be two years. Him and his brother will both possible. be in D.C. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Because doesn't yeah. Corey still live there? Does Corey still I'd be live fine there? with that. Oh, yeah. He does. He, oh, yeah. he lived there, and he's also yeah. the coach of the Langley Rams Jr. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. No. I can see them being there. Because so, Calgary's not going to offer him any money, regardless of what he is. Hergy Mayala, he's in Montreal right now. He was only a second-year guy. Um, that guy you guys signed, Lamar Durant. He's Lamar Durant, guy. he's now in Hamilton. First-round draft. But why would they not pay him anything? Yeah, I don't know. They're good receivers. Anyways. Yeah, well. Okay. Let, let's move on. Charles, you take over here on this BC-Calgary game. What's your thoughts on it? Well, as I said before, uh, as I said after game, where are all the people sitting there saying that, uh, hey, they're not any good anymore. They're gonna, they're not gonna win any more games uh, between now and the end of the season. They're finished with Rourke, without Rourke. They can't beat anyone. These are all guys that are there that were um, uh, sitting there um, without even seeing Vernon Adams play with a any sort of practice behind them, and they're like, oh, they're dead, they're dead. The Lions came out, and they wanted to make a statement. They came out in the first drive, got us a touchdown, and were they the same as when Nathan Rourke was in? No, but they looked very good. They looked like a 180-degree turnaround from the game before against Montreal. Uh, But, yeah, they looked actually quite good. Uh, Looked like Vernon Adams was much more settled in. Sure, there were a couple of instances there where he, uh, you know, had some issues. He's still learning the the offense. It's still only been like two, three weeks. It takes a minimum of a month, I think, before uh, you're going to see quarterbacks be really super confident with the playbook. Hell, you could see quarterbacks go through a month-long training camp, get to week one of the regular season, and they're still not comfortable with the uh with the playbook. So it does take some time, despite what some clownish people on Facebook would say. Um, no one we know, just saying. Uh, but, well, maybe you've seen him. I don't know. 
But anyway, uh, yeah, this Calgary team is not the Calgary team of three or four years ago. They, Will is right. They have no killer instincts. Uh, trou- they have trouble getting the ball in the end zone at times. They come up, they'll get into the red zone, and then they'll stall out and have to kick a field goal, which back three or four years ago, that wasn't even an issue. They got into the red zone, almost always they get into the end zone. So uh, it's just not the same Calgary team. Uh, there's some discipline problems there, although the, this was a, I'm going to be come right out and say it, this was an absolutely terribly officiated game. This was actually embarrassingly, embarrassingly bad uh, official-wise, but like Will said, both don't ways. let the official, you know, both ways. No, I absolutely agree with both that. Ways. But, yeah, no, for sure both ways. Decided. No, not at all. Both, call, both he's had some horrible, horrible calls on him. But like Will said, don't let the give the uh, officials a chance to be uh, affect the outcome. Go out and play play uh, a decent game and win. And if you're up by 30 points, a bad uh, penalty is not going to make that big a difference. But uh, that didn't happen. It was an exciting game right down to the end. Uh, I actually really like the. I kind of like the two point having to go for two points in uh, in overtime. I think that makes it a little more um, exciting because, you know, the two-point convert is not a, uh, uh, is not a gimme uh, for any team. Teams have problems with that, as we saw with Calgary. So I like that. It, makes, uh, it adds a different element to the game. I just thought this was an exciting game. It was a hard-fought game, and happily the Lions won. So, and uh, I'd like to point out that I was the only person on this podcast that picked the Lions last week, so there, there's that too. So, happy game, happy I, Lions, I'm, and the rematch should be fun this week. Even though I'll be out of I town, do, but, I did that reverse psychology thing for last week. Okay, Charles. Well, it worked. I so picked all think the teams that didn't want to win. Yeah. Well, I can't. well, you did that really well then. Yeah. Yeah, that was really? good. <laughs> Okay. CJ, CJ didn't pick BC. <laughs> no, like I said, reverse psychology week for me. Well, I didn't, I didn't pick a game right the whole week. Okay, Rudy. Yeah, BC squeaked one out. Um, I don't know, oh, man. Shit. It might be a flood. Wow. What? They didn't roll. They didn't roll them. It was a close game. Well, they're both it was a close game. Oh. Yeah. You, you made it sound like it was a fluke that BC beat them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I don't well, know hey. about a fluke. I, I thought BC looked pretty good. Yeah. Wow. How about this? Listen to this. How this for a surprise? The Lions beat Calgary by more points in this game than they did when Nathan Ork was playing. Yeah. That was a one-pointer. This is two. Twice as many points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I was going to yeah, point that out, Charles, that they were 100% better in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was a good game, though. Um, but, yeah, Calgary, they don't have that killer instinct. 
And uh, that's coaching. That's coaching. It looks like the Vag has maybe sort of figured things out a little bit. And what about Lucky Whitehead getting off in the head? He looked like he could barely. That's coming up. That was. uh, Did Did anybody get a video of that? No. Well, on TSN, not that I've seen. There's. There's not a video of him getting popped, but there's a video of him afterwards, and he just looks all woozy. Like, he took a pretty good shot. But... (laughs) Somebody said that they saw a video of of his teammates picking him up off the ground. Like, he got laid out. They were holding him like he got rocked. He uh, He was woozy for sure. And then he had that stupid hat on. You, 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 you might have, you might just be a little cognizant of, of smack talking somebody that's 120 pounds heavier than you. Okay, just, I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, don't do that. Bad plan. Final score: BC Lions 31, Calgary Stampeders 29. So that was a BC Lions victory. Total's point scored was 60. Charles, you took BC. You ended up with nothing. Will, you took – oh, sorry, you got 100 points. Oh, sorry, you got I got one. it right. You, you, got 100, you got 100 points. You got 100 points. I corrected that. Will, you picked Calgary. You got 12 points. CJ picked Calgary. He got 50 points. I nailed the fucking score. Nailed it. You picked the wrong team. I picked the wrong team. It's okay. The right team won. I don't care what my... So that means you're only 33 and a third percent right, correct? No, I'm lower than that. I think it's way more important to get the win. Um, And Rudy, you picked Calgary, and you were like off by a lot, so you got six points. Uh, So here's the... Here's what happened this week in week 15. Uh, Will, you got 150 points. You were high scoring for the week. 150 points was high score. That's sad. Uh, CJ got 80 points. Wow. Charles, you got 138. And Rudy, Rudy, (laughs) 46. I hope you didn't bet any money this weekend because you lost it. Okay. So the standings are Will's in first place at 4,820 points. CJ has dropped back a little bit, 4,732. Charles is catching up a bit at 4,700. And Rudy is sucking a hind tit at 4,390. So there is our standings on the pick'em for the panel. Okay. Um, what did he have here? That Sparky have something interesting. So who is Sparky's in third place overall in the CFL pick'em thing in the Let's Talk, which is pretty damn amazing. Okay, I don't know who these other couple guys. Lion Pride Trooper, uh, he's in fourth. That's Phil Norman. What's that? That's Phil Norman. Yes, Phil Norman. That's correct. Uh, Will's in seventh place. Charles is in ninth. Rudy's in ten, and 
CJ is in 11th place. So this is actually all four of us are in the top 12. That's not bad. Pretty good. There's, what? Yeah, there's 15 of us. That's not that good. How many all people? Right. Yeah, how yeah. many people are in it? Fifteen. Uh, it, it, it's only showing. No, there's uh, thirty-six. Oh. But it's 36. only showing oh, the top okay. fifteen. Okay. Okay. So there's thirty-six members. Okay. okay. So let's move. Moving on. We need to pick some scores for this week. Okay. You ready for this? Uh, the first game is going to be Hamilton in Montreal. Hamilton in Montreal. And Charles, what say you here? Hamilton in Montreal. So, do you want me to do the bulldog shit? I don't care. Okay, Bodog has Montreal two and a half point favorites. Over under is fifty two and a half. CFL Pick'em Trend has Montreal at sixty eight. Hamilton at thirty two. Huh. No one's buying Hamilton, even though they beat Winnipeg last week. They think it was obviously nope. just a, a one-off. Um, yep, that's what they're saying. I don't know if this is a one-off. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go the other way on this one. I'm going to say that this is not a one-off, and I think that the Bombers are going, or the, or the Ticats are going to win it again. I'm not a big believer in Montreal uh, or Trevor Harris or anything. Is this game in Montreal or Hamilton? It's in Montreal. Hmm. So they got the home field. I still don't think it's going to matter. I'm going to pick Hamilton in this one. I'm going to bank that what we saw last week wasn't a fluke and that they actually have got something going. I've said this before against before about Hamilton and gotten it wrong. Hopefully I got it right this time, but I'll pick Hamilton. Uh, I feel like I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to pick them anyways. I'm going to pick Hamilton, and I will say 46 points. Okay. And, William, what are you going to do with this one? I don't know. Shit. Shit. Friday, Hamilton, Montreal. Um, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I know what I'm going to do. Montreal was on the bye last week. They're going to be rested. Um, ah, shit. Yeah, you know what? Let's go Montreal 46. Rudy. Montreal 42. You know 42 is my score that I pick, right? I'm taking Hamilton at 42. Not a lot of separation there. We'll see what happens. The next game up is the Toronto Argonauts, and they will be playing at TD Place in Ottawa, Lansdowne Park, playing the Ottawa Red Blacks. William, your turn to go first. Ottawa, Toronto, in Ottawa. Oh, hang on. I'll do the um, Bodog thing. Hang on. Hang on. Let me do Bodog. Uh, has Toronto two and a half. The over-under is 46. Uh, Toronto is the 80% favorite over the Red Blacks in the Pickhams. 
Mm-hmm. Ah, should I hate picking these guys, but I'm going to anyways. Um, I am going to go with... Ah, shit. Ottawa had a bye last week, too. Yeah, there's only three games. And so games. did Toronto. And so did, and so did Toronto. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm going to go Toronto 48. 48. Rudy? Ottawa 46. CJ is taking Ottawa at 42. Charles? I'm siding with Will on this one. Uh, Toronto is not great, but they're the best in the East. So, Toronto, 44. Rudy, yours was 46. Was that right? Yeah. Okay. So, the last game, there's only three games again this week. Fucking schedule guy. Schedule. Uh, has the Calgary Stampeders going to the BC Place Stadium, the Dome, to play the Lions? Rudy, you pick this one first. Uh, BC 42. Okay, CJ is taking BC. You take my 42, I'm going 60. Charles? Uh, sticking with the Lions, uh, BC, uh, 55. Okay. William? Yep. Um, um, let me pull my calculator out here for a minute. Uh, uh, what do you have to calculate? I'm going to go I'm going to go Calgary 55. Okay. Those are the games. They're, that's a wrap. Hopefully uh, Sparky got them all. Let's go over to the agenda right now. And we have... Oh, geez, what happened here? It disappeared on me. Uh, the Canadian Football League, CFL has imposed a one-game suspension on Calgary Stampeders linebacker Cameron Judge for his, some are calling a sucker punch, we'll just call it an assault, on Lucky Whitehead. Deservedly? We don't know. Uh, There is talk that Lucky Whitehead was speaking off Cameron Judge about his family. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of respect for people that do that. Uh, there's one thing to talk smack, uh, another to you know to talk about the person's play. Like you know, you're you're not that good. You're kind of weak. You're, you know, you're you're a little soft. Whatever, however you want to beak off a player during the game, go ahead. But you make it personal, and you start doing that to somebody's family. Uh, expect consequences. You you. You you mouth off about my mother, my wife, or my daughter. I'm gonna lay you out. So yeah, I don't I I don't know. I I don't know what was said. I I wasn't there, but witnesses have said that 
uh, Whitehead was beaking him off about his family, and to me, that's personal. That's not that's not football. That's not what you're supposed to do. And uh, he got laid out because of it. Cameron Judge got suspended, and he's man enough to say that he's not going to dispute the uh, appeal the the suspension. And that's the difference between a Calgary player and a Ryder player, in my opinion. Um, except, you know, i got, got to give Marino credit. He didn't appeal his, his judgments either. But uh, anyhow, did you see that Marino is signed with the USFL? Or Yeah, USFL. Good. Leave him there. Let him be their problem. Good, good place for him. So, Charles, will you got to say anything about this suspension? Or the ordeal, or the, the the bout, or the fight, or the whatever this is, you know. Uh, well, to be honest, uh, I have no problem with the suspension. I, I you don't sucker punch people. I mean, yeah, you could say that Lucky Whitehead was saying stuff about his family and stuff like that, and that is, um, you know, probably over the top. But you know what? I think stuff like that. Trash talking another guy's family, that happens all the time. Trash talking is a way of life in not just football, but in all pro sports. Uh, you're going to have personal. people that, well, you want to bet, I bet you there's a lot more personal stuff going. There's a lot more personal trash talk that we probably even know about. So uh, I think they do get personal there. I, 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 I disagree. I think that there's a lot of, like uh, personal trash talk, I think it happens more often than you think. And regardless, it doesn't uh, give you the right to go up and hit somebody and sucker punch somebody. I know you probably, well, yeah, even it was probably hurtful if he said something about the guy's family. Yeah, it happens, but you know what? You got to keep your cool, especially if you're a professional athlete. And uh, Cameron Judge didn't do that, and he got suspended for this game. So. Uh, it sucks. I'm sure we've pissed off, but you, you've got to be able to hold it. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff said on the field uh, that would be uh, a personal nature and that would piss people off, but you know what? You've got to be smart about it. And he wasn't, and he's going to be sitting out this weekend. Yeah. William, can you can you talk to yeah. somebody? Hunchak and ask him uh, if if the trash talk out on the field it actually gets personal about family members and stuff. Well, you, know, you, know, you know what? When I was in high school, I used to research things. <laughs> I used to research you? things. And, I don't believe yeah. that. And, uh, and, uh, if if the, any of the defensive line guys had girlfriends, I used to find out their names. Okay, and I used to say disgusting things to them. Okay. Oh, I'm sure. But, but, but here's the thing: if I got punched in the head or kicked in the nuts or anything like that, I was good with that, man. You deserve. If you flap your lips. If you flap your lips, man, hey, be prepared to get punished, okay? Whether you do yeah. or you don't. I, I have no problem with, with the league suspending Cameron Judge because obviously he did hit Lucky Whitehead. Yeah. I guess we can't prove if Lucky Whitehead said anything. But then but then what's what's 
Okay, I'll ask CJ this. I'll ask CJ this question. What was what was Kevin Costner's line to the number one draft pick in in training in draft in on draft in the movie Draft Day? What did he tell him not to do? Well, don't stay off of Twitter. There you go. Yep. And fucking loser boy Lucky Whitehead goes on Twitter yeah. and his fucking lips. I wish he had okay? done that. So to me, to me, that shows you how much class he has. And uh, once again, he kind of, he kind of, kind of a Duke Williams move in the playoffs last summer or last winter. Okay, where he spit on uh, Sean Lemon. So no, but whatever. He didn't. He didn't different. get caught, I and I'm sure. And I'm sure there'll be. I'm sure there'll be payback this weekend. So, just saying. Lucky Whitehead reminds me a lot of another player that played for the BC Lions. Do you know who it is? Uh, Lucky is way more talented. Way more talented. But the two of them have a lot of similarities that really bother me. No, I don't. I don't. Duran Carter. I don't. Oh. I I thought you were going to say that, but... I, I I don't. You know what I? Leroy Simon. Yeah, I, no. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna say anything. You know what? I hate. I really hate when things like that happen on a football field because, number one, I mean, the only time you should punch you should punch a player is when he's got his helmet off because otherwise you'll break your hand. Okay, so. I give Cameron well, he didn't Jones wait until a little after bit the game. for doing that. I know. He did wait until yeah. after the game. The game was over. So, but, yeah, I just don't like shit like that. I mean, you know what? Say whatever you want, but don't make it personal after the game and start punching. Like, I mean, that's just dumb. And the thing is, the thing is, the thing I really didn't like about it, Cameron Judge, that is not a Stampeder move. They do not let players like that around the team for very long. And I'm sure he had a talking to because I did see the interview where he apologized to all of his teammates. Okay. So I don't know. Whatever. It's newsworthy. We had to have some to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is. So it it is an exciting and it, it, would, it, lead, it, it does it lead up to it would be way way it would have been way way better afterwards if Rennie Paradise and BC's kicker had a got into a fist fight. Now that would have been worthy newsworthy. You know? <laughs> Sean White and Rennie Paradise. Yeah, I don't know. There you I go. think Sean and, White and, would and, shake his and, ass. And then wait, wait. Would just slap and then each Paul, other. And then Paul McCallum getting in there because Sean White took his job way back when. Okay. So, yeah. What? Um, well, he, he didn't. Sean White didn't take Paul McCallum's job ever. Ever. You, you um, forget what he said about you forget what he said about White on the podcast when he was on. What did so, he say? Never. Well, you gotta go back and listen to the episode, my friend. I, I'm not going to. 
we, we, we were talking about that off the air before the show, Will, and the fact that the 500, 500 episodes are just a bunch of old guys flapping their lips, right? Yeah. Do we need to actually yeah. save that content? No, Paul McCallum said something about he went into Wally's office and Wally and Sean White was in camp or something like that, and Wally was going to keep Sean Wright and get rid of Paul McCallum if he didn't take a certain amount of less money or something along those lines. Yeah. So that's all oh, yeah. Talking about. So, and he did. He said, he said that on the show. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know. Okay, so we're just going to carry on here. Uh, Rudy. Yes. What do you have to say about Cameron Judge? Well, I'm surprised uh, his hat didn't start spinning more. Well, he popped him without a helmet on. He he got him good. I'll see if I can find the video... uh, there's no video of him actually connecting with him in the face, but he, uh, there's a video of Whitehead kind of, he looks dazed, like he can barely stand up after the game. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what he said to him, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised they both didn't get suspended. But, again, it's the same with Steve Williams. He's accused for spitting twice now, well, you say something about someone's family or make a racist comment or spit, it's got to be proven where stuff like popping a guy, you can have witnesses or uh, on video, uh, he said versus he said kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. You likely won't get to know if Whitehead actually said something or not. Well, we probably won't unless unless one of the Calgary players speaks up about it. I'm pretty sure that nobody in BC is stupid enough to do that. At least I hope not. Um, I, the BC Lions fan page, the Let's Talk uh, BC Lions came up and it exploded over this. And uh, BC Lions fans were trying, were just trashing Cameron Judge over this. And you know, and I actually said a couple of things, not necessarily in his defense but more to the line of reality. And I got asked why I was on the BC Lions fan page. And I said, he goes, because I'm obviously not a fan. And I'm going, are you, are you shitting me? I said, because I'm looking at the concept of reality. I mean, everybody says, well, you don't sucker punch somebody. Well, you know, it, honestly, if, I, if Cameron Judge sac- sucker punched Lucky White, I don't think he'd be up yet. You know, he had the potential to absolutely lay out this 98-pound guy, and 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 as Rudy said, he did he he did he did get rocked, but I still think it was more of a bitch slap than it was a sucker punch. But you know, that's just my opinion on this one because I mean, he would have fucking taken Lucky Whitehead's head off. But uh, yeah. And I honestly believe Lucky Whitehead should have been suspended at all as well. It would have really diffused the entire situation coming into this game this weekend. Uh, and we and the precedent's been set in some ways where Marino got suspended for racial comments uh, for just for talking. He got suspended. So, you know, 
yes, we've said that this may happen all the time. I don't necessarily agree with it. But if he, if you said something so bad that somebody lost their temper that badly, then there should be consequences. And obviously he had a headache, so there were some consequences to him. And Advil made some money. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would, have, I would have been okay with the Lucky Whitehead to being suspended. I would have been fine with that. I. Uh, did Cameron Judge deserve to be suspended? Hell yeah. You don't do shit like that. That was just wrong. Football's a gentleman's sport. You don't punch people in the head. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. That's my take on this one. I, 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 I'm okay with it. I'm not sure the league went far enough. I would have liked to have seen both of them suspended. I'm kind of happy that he's not. But we'll see what happens in the game coming up this weekend. Saturday yeah. night, right? Yep. Sad thing about Saturday night, I'm racing. I'm going to have to either listen to it on the radio or I'm not going to listen to it at all and not pay attention to social media until Sunday and then watch it on repeat. I don't know if I'm going to get away with that. This will be the first and only game I won't be at this year. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm racing, starting racing at 5 o'clock our time, and I, I'm, I don't get finished until like 9, 9.30. Yeah, I'm up so to I'm the Okanagan the whole this fucking weekend, game. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay, moving on. And this has got some interesting things in here. I'm going to be honest. We're not very good. Those are words of Craig Dickinson, head coach of Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now, I'm not arguing with him. Uh, It's a blunt assessment of the riders. He's right, no doubt about it. But should he have said it? Well, his brother says shit like this all the time. And I think it's not so much to tell the audience the truth as to call out his team to be better. Will it have the same impact that Dave gets? I don't know. I, don't, I, I think you actually have to be a good team to be called out and, and improve. Like if Mike O'Shea called out the, Susca- or the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for the pathetic performance they'd had in Hamilton, that probably would work. Okay? Because the Blue Bombers are a better team than what they showed. I don't think Saskatchewan's better than what they showed. I think that's exactly who they are. So calling them out right now isn't going to make that team better. It's my only, only my opinion. And uh, so, I, no, I don't think this is going to help. I don't think – should he have said it? No, he shouldn't have probably said it. This is, this is, there's better ways to, do, to work this. You only call your team out publicly when you know they're better than the, what they are. And the Riders are not a good team. And uh, at the beginning of the season, before the season started, I told you all that Saskatchewan was going to be in the basement of the Western Division. We grossly underestimated how pathetic the Elks were. Uh, But I thought I knew Chris Jones was going to turn that team around. I just didn't think it would be so pathetic for the first half and be so far behind. Craig Dickinson's going to lose his job this year. Not because of this 
comment simply because look at his numbers, look at his win total for the first year he was there, the second year, and the third year, okay? And then go compare those numbers to Mike Benavides as head coach of the BC Lions starting in 2012. They're fucking identical. Exactly the same thing happened for the three years that Benny was coach to the three years that Craig Dickinson was coach. They inherited a great team from a, a master coach and general manager, and they slow and they, they did really well the first year. They did okay the second year. The third year, they're 500. They got fired. Dickinson's got to go. He's not a head coach. He shouldn't be a head coach. Riders need to move on. I don't care if he's got a winning record. He's, he's only taken the team in one direction. From the minute he took over, it's been going in the same direction. Rudy, your thoughts on Craig Dickinson's calling out his team, where the riders are today, oh, I, where they're going uh, to be. I think it's just trying to motivate his team as a last as a last resort because they're not a very good team and and they don't look like they're putting any effort through. And uh, what, you know, will like it motivate will. them? Yeah, I, I still he sounds a lot still, like Will, but that's okay. I, yeah, what was that? Not I still lot. don't think they should. I don't think they should fire Craig Dickinson. I uh, why not? You like to see the riders lose? Well, because, well, once again, okay, okay, let's let's put it this way: four great cups in 120 years. They've done a lot of losing, okay? <laughs> and Craig Dickinson's <laughs> not that old, okay? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, okay? So why not give a guy a chance to build a culture there, like they did for Mike O'Shea, like John Huffnagel has done like Wally Wano used to do. You know what? I, I think the days of firing coaches but, after, how long has he been there now? Two or three years? This is his third. Um, huh? This is his third. Okay. I think Mike O'Shea was 7-11 uh, and 11 his third season. Okay? Right. But he was improving from where he was previously. He slowly got better, 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 better. Dickinson is going no, from whoa, good whoa, whoa, to bad whoa, whoa. No, to worse. No, 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 no. He got better and better and better because he got better and better and better players. Okay? Don't believe it had a lot to do with coaching. He got better players. He had a, he got a real quarterback. About coaching. He got a oh, better yeah. running back. Okay? Yeah. Come on. Anyways, and Jeremy O'Day hasn't been doing that. As the writer fans say, he hasn't even went over the salary cup to keep him a great cup this year. So I think what we should do, just to just to put a cherry on this season for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, there's going to be, guaranteed, because apparently it's 95% sold out now, there's going to be a lot of tickets up for sale in the next little while, Okay. And I think we should. I think we should boycott those sales and make those double jumpers sit in their own stadium and watch two other teams play for the Grey Cup. Is what I'm saying, man. So, 
there you go. That's my take on it. Go ahead. Wow. Interesting, interesting, interesting concept. Um, just for the record, um, Saskatchewan Rough Riders are the losingest most team in the CFL. That means that they have gone to the Grey Cup and lost it more times than any other team. Okay? They haven't made more appearances, but they've lost more games. So Saskatchewan has made 19 appearances and lost 15 games. Winnipeg has lost 14 times, but they've been there 26 times, seven times more. So they got they got 12 victories, okay, where Saskatchewan's only got four. Um, next losing, oh, Hamilton's lost 14 times, but they've won at eight. So what team has the greatest winning percentage, guys? Take a guess. BC Lions. Nope. Nope, not the BC Lions. Toronto. Toronto Argonauts. 17 wins, 7 uh, losses. That makes sense, actually. Yep. Okay. Number two is Edmonton Elks, or Eskimos. Uh, 14, 14 victories, 9 losses. And BC is in third at 6 and 4. They're the only ones that are above 500. Even Montreal is down in the threes, under four. There's only three teams in the CFL that are above 500 on Grey Cup victories. Hmm. Not very good. And no. anyhow, but just something I, something I just noticed about Wikipedia, they've uh, because I go to this thing all the time. I type in Grey Cup champs, and it it tells you that you know the date and the team where it was played, who was you know who won, everything else, right? and, of course, the score, um, and the attendance and everything else. And so I go here quite often to look at different things, and they've added a new section in here, and it's called Grey Cup Records Post-Merger Era. So from 1958 on. So things like that happened in the early part of the 20th century don't count. So here we got Saskatchewan. They still say they have four victories. So they were totally, totally, oh, wow, that's not very good at all. Um, again, Toronto, no. Ar- Toronto Argonauts don't have the best record. The Ottawa Rough Riders do. Um, but that would, uh, the Red Blacks would take that away. Anyhow, that's a long story. We're not going to go there anymore. So let's go back over to this. Uh, Rudy. You didn't get the chance to go there when we were talking about what were we talking about? Craig Dickinson? So you go ahead. Well, he's not wrong. They suck. Uh the issue is is their O line. And Jeremy O'Day didn't address the O line. So uh they're just not a very good football team. You can't blame them. So they're going to uh, make a, a, a serious season. run at, at Bo Levi Mitchell in the off season. Do you think he'll do okay in Saskatchewan? Yeah, I think they're going to pay him. 
upwards of 600 south, so I'll offer him. He's yeah, going to no, get slaughtered with that O-line. They're, they're done. <sighs> Charles? Well, for a team that's lost three in a row and obviously seems to have a pretty fragile psyche, it's not going to help matters to have your coach say how crappy they are, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I thought it was a stupid comment. I mean... I don't know if he wanted to accomplish, if he thought that would motivate a team. I'm not sure these are the team. These are the guys that are going to get motivated by something like that. I think it was a dumb comment for him to make, and I thought it was, uh, you know, this shows that he. I don't think he's a good head coach. I just, uh, you're right. Ever since he's taken over as coach, he has. They have gradually gotten worse. Uh, he took over a decent team, and much like he said, Mike Manavides, he took over a team, and each year they go down, they go, go down, they go down. When you hire a coach, you want the coach to improve your team. You want to see improvement, and that's why Michael Shea kept, uh, kept on in Winnipeg because he was showing improvement. He took a, a team that had three wins, and, yeah, they were only like 6-12 and 12 or 7-11 in the third year, but the winds were going up. You could see that they were making strides. You're not seeing that at all in Saskatchewan. Having said that, if you're a coach, I don't think you can go and say we, we're just not good enough because all that's going to do is uh, screw you with your players' heads right now even more, which is uh, pretty crappy uh, to begin with because they've lost three in a row and, uh, you know, things are just falling apart this season for him. So I don't think he should have said it. I thought it was stupid, but hey, you can't you can't put it back in the cage now. So you've got to live with uh, how how it goes and the consequences, I guess. Yeah, like I said, I it, it's okay for a coach to say this if the team is good. Yeah, they're not a good it's team. It's not okay for a coach. If this is this is not a good thing to say if it's the truth. Yeah. And it is. So yeah, I'm 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 disappointed with him and I, I honestly believe he's fired at the end of the season. But they're not gonna keep him. He he's he's too wishy washy. <laughs> he has no discipline on that team. Uh no, he, he's not a head coach. He shouldn't be there. I don't know what moron picked him in to start with. Probably fucking Craig Reynolds, but that's beside the point. Okay. Moving along, segment seven has only four players, only four CFL players have won back-to-back MOP. That's most outstanding player awards. Now, with Nathan Rourke out for half the season, Zach Caleros is pretty much the shoe-in for this. There is nobody else in the league that's even quite close to him at this point in time. Do you think that he is going to win back-to-back most outstanding players? Does he deserve it? Of course he does. I think it's a it's a tight race between him and Cody. So, 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, I, so I, I don't would, know. I if, would, you, if you're thinking Polaris, that close, Polaris Tom get, Bethel Thompson's in there, too. Polaris would get my votes. Oh, my God. He, he, Bethel Thomas is... Bethel Thomas's hand better than Cody Fajardo will ever be. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, Zach Claris has my vote at this point in time. I don't see anybody else that's showing more promise. Well, Charles? CJ, Which... there's another guy. There's one Go other ahead, guy. Rudy. Shown? Marcus Crandall. Oh, fuck off. He's not playing. No, Sean's rookie of the year. Yeah, he'll be rookie of the year, but I don't think he'll be MOP. Probably top Canadian, too. I was going to say, he might win top Canadian, too. That was a a Nathan Rook shooing until he got hurt, so now he's almost 30. He could win both of those. You're right. Yep. But, yeah, Zach Clarence is going to be MOP again this year. I think that's almost a given at this point. Yeah. So did it say – I didn't read the article, Charles. Did it say who the other four players were? Uh, it did. Let me um, – I can pull it up here quickly. And, uh, yeah, uh, where was that? Uh, right here. Okay, so only four of one – MOP back to back. I know one of them is going to be your favorite there, uh, CJ. So the four that won back to back MOPs were Dieter Brock, yes, Anthony Calvillo, Doug Flutie, and Jackie Parker. Those are the only four. Oh. Okay. I would have thought Warren Moon would have been up there. I would have thought so too, but he didn't. Well, not back to back. He might have won multiple MOPs, but he just didn't win them back-to-back. Yeah. Okay. Jackie Parker. Hmm. Yep. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay. So, Rudy, talk about your quarterback here for a second. Can you do that? Without, like, gurgling? (laughs) Gurgling. You say something now. This is your turn. I said gurgling. What do you mean? No, he's phenomenal. Absolutely, MLP. Uh, Rourke had uh, was basically the only one who was kind of contention with him until he went down. And, uh, and we're talking about almost uh, 30 wins. It's a bomber, so as a quarterback, he's only lost two, three games ever in Winnipeg. So, um. Yeah, we'll see if it helps up. You're uh, you're talking about the makings of the next, uh, you know, t- Ricky Ray Lake status. Well, I think Zach Claris is a better quarterback than Ricky Ray. I've always said that. Oh, the way he uh, can control the clock is outstanding. Um, he's great in the pocket. He's. Uh, it's just it's 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 amazing when you watch someone like Matt Nichols, and then watch someone like Zach Caleros. How much uh, how important it is to have a top tier quarterback in, in this league. 
Zach Caleros is Toronto's biggest mistake, just like Mike Riley was one of BC's biggest mistakes. We let the good ones go. BC should have kept Mike Riley and put Travis on the shelf. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I know that. Uh, Travis did all sorts, was playing amazing football, but got injured and injured and injured. Uh, I, I would have preferred to have kept Mike Riley when Mike was there. I knew Mike was going to be something wonderful. And the same thing in, Cal- in Toronto. I knew Zach Caleros was going to be an amazing quarterback, and Ricky Ray was in his twilight years. Do you go with the proven veteran that's only got a couple of years left, or do you go with the young stud? And nobody goes with the young stud. Travis, the thing is, with Edmonton, or with BC, though, when they let Mike Riley go, Travis Lule was the reigning MOP. He was also the Grey Cup MOP. You're not just going to let that quarterback go. I know. I understand that, Charles. I, I'm not arguing with the, the the decision. I'm just saying at the time, I said Mike Riley was our future. And, 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 and we didn't do that. Now, if you remember, if you remember way back when, and I think we're going back to 2013, and it might actually be before that. I don't remember. I think it might have been before the one before that. Terry Joseph won a Grey Cup for Saskatchewan, and they kicked him loose. It was before that, because Kerry Joseph won the Grey Cup, and then they they kicked him loose to keep Darian Durant. That was stupid. He won the Grey Cup and kicked and and, and got tossed to the curb. Right? And then Kerry Joseph ended yeah. up in Edmonton. Didn't, didn't do anything again, but that was the beginning of Darian Durant. Now, was that a good move on their part? I don't know. I, I wouldn't have done it, but I understand why they did it because I would have done I was thinking about that with Mike Riley. I was thinking about that with Zach Caleros. I saw Zach Caleros in Toronto playing football when Ricky Ray was hurt. And Ricky Ray came back, and injuries don't lose your position, right? And Zach Claros was odd man out, went to Hamilton and got destroyed by that idiot Kent Austin who doesn't know how to build an O-line. Zach Zach was an amazing quarterback back then. And he had, oh, my God, what he he could have accomplished in this league if he had an O-line. Yeah. And didn't miss a bunch of time with concussions. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I mean, right? I mean, it's all about history. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm a Zach Caleros fan, always have been, always will be. I think he's an amazing quarterback. Uh, MOP this year? Yeah. I don't think he would have been if Nathan Rourke had stayed healthy. Nope. Because I think Winnipeg was too good of a team that Zach didn't have to do much, where Nathan Rourke put the team on his back and and played football. And that that's not what Zach is doing right now. 
Right? He's not making the team better. He's just the, – the team is good. And I don't mean that in any bad way. Um, moving on to this uh, – we got 12 minutes left or something like that. No, we got a little more than that. 17, 17. minutes left. Uh, 17, yeah. Uh, co- oh, yeah, 17 minutes. Controversial defender Kyrie Ebert. A French word, Ebert, not Herbert. Um, to sign a one-day contract to retire with Montreal Alouettes. Was he a dirty player? Now, this is a question that Charles put up there. Um, controversial defender. Hmm, interesting. Interesting choice of words here, Charles. You don't like him much, do you? Well, I took that from the story. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious because Kyrie Bear probably hasn't played for, what, three or four years? Pre-COVID for sure. Yeah. Um, why is he, like, deciding to retire now? I thought he would have already done that. Uh, signing a one-day contract with Montreal, that's a no-brainer. He's a Montreal Alouette. There's no doubt about that. Do I think he's a dirty player? I think he played on the edge, and he took it to the nth degree. I think he's an amazing D lineman. I, he, he played his position extremely well. Was he aggressive? Yes. Did he play on the edge? Yes. Did he cross the line at times? Yes. But the same thing can be said about Simone Lawrence. I don't consider them dirty players. I just know that they are they're there to play football, and they play as tough as they can. They're not purposely trying to injure people. And there are times where Kyrie Seabair looked like he was. And there's times where Simone Lawrence looked like he was. But for the most part, these guys were all-stars. And they had a long career. They weren't goons as a Garrett Marino was. And I know Will's going to have something to say is because Kyrie Bear is the guy who took off John Cornish's head if I remember correctly, and that was the end of his career uh, with a straight arm, with with a straight arm, which, uh, in all honesty, was was a, a, a ferocious hit, but I didn't really consider it illegal. I, I don't think it was a, a bad hit, but fuck, did it not rock his, his soul? Um, well, I'm going to let you think about that one for a second. Charles, go ahead. I don't know if I would call him a, a 100% a dirty player, but he definitely made some dirty plays. I mean, but yes. there's tons of there are tons of players, defensive players that made dirty plays. Think of guys like you brought up Simone Lawrence, Rob Murphy, Jason Jimenez. Uh, what's the other? Uh, what's the guy? Khalif Mitchell. He broke a guy's arm once. Um, there's all sorts of different players. Angelo Mosca, all through the years that were dirty, uh, that made some dirty plays. They played hard. They were hard-nosed, and they, they crossed the line sometimes. But uh, and the thing is, Kyrie Zaber played in the CFL for many, many years. Yes, he had uh, some issues dirty play-wise, but uh, are you going to judge a player and call him a dirty player just based on the 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 few uh, bad plays he did, or are you going to uh, let him, um, um, you know, overall? So was he a dirty player? I'm not going to say 100% he was a dirty player. He was a player that definitely played with edge. 
But um, you know what? I'm not going to say 100% he was a dirty player. So I think he was more than just a cheap shot artist. William. Yes. Well, please talk yeah. about Kyrie C. Bear retiring as a Montreal uh, Alouette. Do you I, think this I, was a I, good I, move for I, him I, or the Owls? I, I believe that uh, he played on the edge. Okay. Um, I believe he crossed the occasion. Yeah, he did. He did. More times than not. You hear about him more times than not. But, I mean, I can't remember how long he played in the CFL, but he must have been better than his two shots. 14 years. Because he played. 14 years. Well, there you go. Not a lot of of guys make it 14 years, especially if they're really cheap shots. For example, Marino is a cheap shot guy. Um, Kyrie Seguer... Kyrie's a bear. He's, he he's twelve years. In a couple of situations, in a couple of situations, he was uh, in the right place at the wrong time, or vice versa, and he made hits that didn't look great. Um, um, what's his name? John Cornish has no hard feelings towards uh, a bear. He said it was a hit, and he plays football, and that's what happens. I, I think you, when you talk about when you talk about Kyrie Saber being dirty, you have to throw in Chip Cox as well. And Chip Cox just got voted yep. into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. So, yep. you know, what do you say? So, whether you thought he was dirty or not, that's another question. So, I, I, I wouldn't consider him overly dirty. I, I don't think I've ever seen a overly dirty or overly dirty player. Which it's it's funny, I was watching I was watching uh NFL on the weekend and I don't know Charles Charles, do you know who uh who uh Daryl Stingley Junior is? Yes. Okay. Who was he? Well put me on the spot. I know of the name, I can't remember exactly who he is. Uh, he, he is the player that got uh, paralyzed by Jack Tatum of the Oakland right. Raiders. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. That's right. From 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 a dirty hit, and the only reason I brought that name up when we're talking about dirty players is his son. Was, or no, sorry, sorry, his grandson was a number one draft pick in the NFL this year. Plays for the Texans. So. Cool. cool. And he's cool, a defensive cool, cool. back. He's a cornerback. So, but yeah, you know, guy, <laughs> I, I would say a guy like Jack Tatum was dirty. Kyrie Saber is probably like uh, Martha Stewart next to uh, Jack Tatum. So yeah, you know what I mean. So, Creed but Saber yeah, but yeah, I think he should sign a one year. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, that's the last time he played. He played with Ottawa, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. Red Black. Yeah, so he should retire as a Montreal Alouette because that's where we know him from as Montreal Alouette. And he's got at least two or three Grey Cup rings, I would assume. Yeah. 
no. No, he does not have one. Yeah. He must. No, not according to played, this. If he, he played, played in 2012 to 2017. The Montreal Alouettes did not win the Grey Cup during that period of time. Yeah, but you said he played for 14 years. Yeah, but not he played with the Renegades, and then he he was with the Bombers for two years, and he jumped over to the Cincinnati Bagels Bengals for two years. Oh, did he? And then okay. he came back. He was okay. with Hamilton for for two years, and then he went to Montreal okay. for five, and then he finished his career in Ottawa. I only, I only remember I only remember him in Montreal. Yeah, me so. too. But he was an all-star, CFL all-star once, Eastern all-star twice, uh, 28 sacks in his career, 12 interceptions. Here's the interesting thing that most people don't know about him. Uh, We've got to keep going here real quick. Tyrese Bear founded the Ty Cares Foundation. Mission of the foundation is to facilitate the relentless pursuit of success in the face of adversity so that youth may know that a person's circumstances do not dictate his or her destiny. That's awesome. That's awesome. He also, yeah. and in he also buys ceramic. He also buys ceramic bow ties. Remember? Yeah, yeah, from my uh, brother-in-law's husband. Um, <laughs> don't, we don't, don't talk about like that, that anymore. Yeah. Not politically correct, CJ. Yeah, shit. Never mind. I don't care. Uh, okay. In 2013, he won the Tom Pate Memorial Award. Which this honor goes to the player who demonstrates outstanding sportsmanship and someone who has made a significant contribution to his team, his community, and the association. You, I you don't would get never those awards that. by. What's that? I honestly would never have guessed that. You don't win that award by being a dirty player. You don't. So, anyhow, that answers my question in there. Uh, Anybody else have anything to say? Charles, you got anything to add to this? No, I'm done. I don't know. Rudy didn't go on this, I don't think. Rudy, you got anything to say? No. Okay. No, okay. Yeah. Well, we got about five I, minutes left in the show, so I running watched, along. Uh, I don't remember watching him a lot. I watched Chip Cox a little bit more, but uh, anyway, move along. Yeah. Well, four years ago, you were just young and... Um, CFL.ca currently has the Argos listed as the favorite to win the Grey Cup. Are they completely delusional? <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. Uh, no, they're not. they're not. They're not. Absolutely not. Because I think Toronto has the best chance of getting to the Grey Cup. Better chance of getting to the Grey Cup than Winnipeg does. Or BC does. Or Calgary does. And the odds makers agree right across the board. It doesn't matter where you're talking about. Toronto is favored to win the East by a greater margin than Winnipeg is favored to win the West. 
But this isn't about just getting to the Grey Cup. It's about winning the Grey Cup. This is winning the Grey Cup, right? I understand that. And once you're in the game, anything can happen. We've proved that I don't know how many times, Marcus Crandall. And the the upset, the victory, the the win, any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Correct. And it's all about all about the W on one day. Doesn't matter what you did the entire fucking year. All you have to do is win one game on one day, cold day in November. In Saskatchewan this year. That already that feels mean cold. Tro- yeah, Toronto doesn't. This doesn't mean Toronto's going to get to the Grey Cup. Doesn't mean they're going to win the Grey Cup. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that they have the best odds. They're favored right now. Yep. And it, it and it makes sense. I I, I can't argue with it. I, I don't think anybody can. Charles, can you argue with this? No, not really. No. <sighs> they got I know a Rudy's good chance as six other teams. Go ahead. Yeah. They have as good well, of a chance as six other teams or five other teams. Seven. Oh, yeah, seven, six other teams. I still think I still think Edmonton's got a shot at the the playoffs. I always we'll thought see. it would have been Winnipeg, play Harris and uh Toronto in the Grey Cup, but uh that can't happen now. Yeah, because he's got a broken tip. So. Yeah. I'm hoping Ottawa yeah. makes the stuff out of the East, to tell you the truth. I think they're the dark horse. I, I think they're the team could that could do it. But, but every time that we say that, every time we say that Ottawa is playing great football, they just have to take that next step. They need that killer instinct that Will's talking about because they just can't finish a fucking game. They need a better coach. Well, yeah, more than likely. Ottawa Lake Edmonton hasn't won a home game in two years. That means something. I was hoping on the weekend that I watched watched the Denver game and I was hoping that – my old buddy Alex Singleton would play like shit and they'd cut him and he'd come back to Calgary. But, yeah, he's an NFL lifer now, so. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. Okay, um, guys, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 503. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. I got to talk football with my buddies, and uh, we're having – we're getting excited. We're coming up to playoffs. We're – we're talking about who's going to be where and how come and what are the odds of this guy being this. And uh, we're going to do it all again next week after these three games this weekend. Uh, let's do it. Charles, say good night. Why did Will drop? Thanks for I listening. Just... Uh, I don't know. And okay, go we ahead. will uh, talk, to you next, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Rudy, say good night. Good night, everyone. Uh, go Oregon News. What? What? Yeah, our new, uh, our new uh, expansion team, the Oregon News.
Yeah, yeah right. Move. Okay. Like a cow? Good night, everybody, and uh, go Scooters. I'll do that for Will. Take care, guys. We'll see you. Talk to you soon. Oregon. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we are the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.